Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children, and you're listening to Wise Children's Lockdown. Our Lockdown Project is about us finding ways of staying close to each other. On this show, I call up an old friend, play some records, and most importantly, get to chat and reminisce. Come and join us for Tea and Biscuits. Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Lockdown Tea and Biscuits and today I'm talking to my friend, my ex-stage manager and my current general manager, Steph Curtis. Hello Steph. Hello Emma Rice. (laughs) How are you? Very, very well. Lovely to be looking at you. And lovely to be looking at you. I actually brushed my hair for you. Well I appreciate it. I I appreciate that this is radio so no one else will see it but... I thought there was a degree of standards I had to meet before anyone. I think that's very wise. I've, I've been growing out my quiff um, into a sort of strange bob, which is now turning into an unkempt helmet. I tell you what, I think it looks marvellous. Oh, well, thank you. A grey helmet. I nearly said that, but it wasn't the time when we were in a meeting yesterday morning. <laughs> Well, first of all, um, even though we we talk quite often, which we'll get into later, but um, first of all, what is your virtual or real choice of biscuit today? Okay, so, and I even put it on a plate for you, which I wouldn't ordinarily do, particularly because it's actually in its own wrapper, but I have a penguin in a red wrapper, um, which ordinarily I wouldn't eat, but there's all sorts of things coming back from the the supermarket in lockdown. (laughs) normally have it's a retro-tastic treat my 1990s lunchbox well simon baker has matched we've actually had a snap moment where simon is also eating a penguin at this moment so it's obviously the biscuit (laughs) du jour yeah and how's your lockdown going describe where are you and how what's it feeling like so i am uh in bristol um it's actually all right from from my little micro world within this house yes um it's all right and and actually um oddly i've been in isolation since uh i finished my previous job at knee since the my leaving do was the last time i went out apart from exercise so i had my leaving do and the next day we drove back to bristol and um and that was straight into sort of isolation because uh, Finley became unwell and then lockdown happened. So um, I basically feels like quite tidy and um, went from a whole career of touring to immediately the exact opposite. <laughs> Being <laughs> so up. Actually, it's quite nice to be at home for once. Yeah, well, you know, we're here so rarely for like proper chunks of time that that's actually been quite nice. And then, you know, Finley, who's now three, has been on tour for almost his entire life and he couldn't be happier that he isn't being hoofed around the country. And he's got both of you there around to the world. Him, so, so he must be in... And we're both here, yeah. Heaven. So he's absolutely delighted. So that's nice. So actually, you know, we're very thankful for our scenario. It's all good. And thankfully, we had a loft built last year, which I tell you is coming into its own because we would have killed each other by now if I didn't have a separate space to work in. <laughs> so that's, um, that's been a bit of a blessing. But yeah, no, OK, we're doing all right. Um, tell us what your first choice of music is and why. So all of you will be unsurprised to learn, Emma, that um, all of my this sort of um, a bit of a through line to my tracks and they all tie sort of link up in a nice organised neat uh, <laughs> arrangement <laughs> and scenario so my first track is and I tell you for why I picked this A because it sort of links up with lots of things along my journey since I've known you um, but very much in the first week that I ever worked uh, for you um, with Nehi on Brief Encounter and in rehearsals. And I remember I started rehearsals the second week um, and I arrived at Nehi Barnes and which, you know, it's all amazing and I could see all of that, but I have never been so freaked out. <laughs> and there was no mobile phone reception. And I remember so I had no communication. I was a bit like, I have absolutely no idea what's happening. 
and um, and then with my one sort of minute where I managed to get reception, there was a answer phone message from my brother saying, "I bought you tickets to see Prince on Saturday night, so get on a train on Friday." And I uh, sort of like hopped out of there to go see Prince, but that was um, that the I always think a really um, a marvelous memory, but also a real marker for the beginning of my Emma Rice journey in life. Um, so anyway, so it could have been any of them actually, um, uh, but this is Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright.
Steph, talk to me about Prince. Okay, so Prince um, Prince has been quite present throughout, uh, from what I'd say, sort of like my early teens and uh, reoccurs in many different um, forms. And I was just um, thinking about, you know, my like wearing dancing days that you often say most of my anecdotes refer to but uh yeah I there was some to interrupt now <laughs> Steph was a keen dancer in her teenage years and often tells a lycra based story which has me in absolute hysterics we probably that's probably a whole separate program isn't it <laughs> the very St Edmunds lycra cult but carry on yeah, and me and my brother, um, you know, mainly my brother, who is one of the most excellent people, he was a huge Prince fan, so I sort of got into Prince from that. Um, but I am also certain that Prince came to watch Brief Encounter when we were in Minneapolis. Um, what? And I t- well, I know, and I, I meant for years, well, maybe not for years, that's a slight exaggeration, but for ages afterwards, I meant to, to write to... Uh, Paisley Park and ask if it was indeed Prince, but I'm but certain. You, but loads we of need to wind back because a I, this is the first I'm hearing of it, and second, <laughs> what is your evidence for the fact that Prince saw one of our shows? <laughs> well, well, you know, maybe. Well, no, no I'm set. So the crew, uh, uh, the Guthrie in Minneapolis, where we were with Brief Encounter, were often like saying it wasn't unusual to be at a party at Paisley Park or. And Prince was very renowned for um, being sort of turning up in places in disguise or fancy dress. Um, but I really remember we were doing, we'd done a show of Brief Encounter and the band did their post-show set in the in the bar, in the foyer. And I was out there um, selling my CDs and uh, this person went past sort of ex- exactly the right stature with this sort of almost like bandana dressed in sort of a weird sort of sarong type affair and just sort of glided through um, through the audience and sort of left, not saying anything. But yeah, I've always been certain that that was Prince, just looked like exactly like it could have been. A sarong and a bandana and the correct stature, that was Prince. <laughs> How was Prince? I'm having small, it. Well, there was this sort of like small sort of magical being that just sort of drifted oh through. Oh my know. goodness. Well, I'm a bit starstruck by that. Um, I'm but, you know, maybe you. not. Maybe. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> that's the marvellous thing about storytelling is ultimately yeah. whether it happened or not is now immaterial. It did. It did happen, mind. yeah. Um, I'm going to take our listeners back because I don't feel that I've really introduced how we know each other and who you are and what you do. So I met Steph Curtis. What year would it have been, Steph? 2007. 2007 for the very first um, rehearsal process of Brief Encounter for my DSM and DSM stands for Deputy Stage Manager which is the person who sits in rehearsals from day one or week two in this case um, and notates everything, notates what's happening in the room and and make sure that all the rest of the team, the lighting designer, the sound designer, the designer knows what's happening in rehearsals. And then when you perform the show, this person calls it. So says lights now, sound now. So, and I always think that the DSM is the most, well, it's probably the most intimate relationship that a director has in the room because you are the only person that's watching everything and collecting everything out of the my mind and the process in the room with me so actors have got their own narrative and creatives come and go but the deputy stage manager and the director sit at the front of that room and hold everything so we met in 2007 and I loved you from the minute I met you you're such an amazing spirit and um person to have in the room and friend so brilliant at your job but also um our the the balance of our personalities could not be better <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that your songs were arranged in a neat fashion and i would like to return to that word neat because you like a bit of order don't you steph oh i do yeah tell me well i like well exactly that i need um i need The word perpendicular springs to mind because I just like everything to be sort of in straight lines and neat and tidy and and, um, tie up. 
which is, in, in every area. Which is so good because I am absolutely chaotic at my core. Now I'm I'm quite functional. I'm a I'm functioning chaos, but I find it incredibly hard to hold on to the perpendicular so I'm like if you do a line of Steph going straight I'm like a dog going on a run around you but I feel that together you absolutely make my life so much better and so much more enjoyable and the and the example of that is Steph was the the creator of the Emma Rice wall chart which I think is used in quite a few more rehearsal rooms now but Steph used to make me big charts really big that could be written on with big markers so I could see it with my terrible eyesight saying exactly what was happening on every day with any lunch meetings any phone meetings any doctor's appointments what when actors weren't available and this would be like beautifully written up um, stuck on the wall and it used to give me a sense of control that I did know what was going to happen and you also at one point before we play a bit of music you embroidered me one so I actually have an embroidered wool chart made by your own fair hand sometimes I do wonder though that if I was slightly um less pernickety about handwriting and um and uh and presentation that I probably would gain about six years of my life back. <laughs> and OCD. That is, that's not untrue, what you just said. Yeah. That is not untrue. But you, anyway, we'll get on to that. But you've, you've moved on since Finley. I feel that a few things have relaxed and you're gaining yeah. some time back, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Which is the opposite. Most people say that I run out of time when they have children, but I feel like... Oh, no, yeah, no, it's put some real, real like, boundaries in having a child, which I think has been really good for me. <laughs> Let's play another bit of music. So this is for both of us. We have the both of us had this on our list for this conversation, which is so good at love from Brief Encounter. Because how many years did you tour Brief Encounter on and off? Well, I was thinking this on and off. I think it was between two thousand and seven and two thousand and fourteen, fifteen. I think. Um, but yeah, it's certainly the show I've done the most of. I think. I've done between 800 and 900 shows of this on five different tours, I think. Amazing. And it's been a really extraordinary show, but this is the moment when the bubble of repression bursts and we can all celebrate what it is to be in love. She's so good at love Her heart is so wise and free She'll get that golden goose Whoever it may be With all her articulate tenderness And so much intensity He's so good at love When his open heart he yields No wild words come tumbling from his mouth Should have stayed concealed And it's easy to make a bed of bliss out of a battlefield Whoa. Oh. Oh.
So Good at Love from Nehi's production of Brief Encounter with the amazing Stu McLaughlin on vocals, Noel Coward's lyrics with a tiny tweak from me and Stu Barker's music. That show has just run through our lives, hasn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. And I, I've, I've, I mean, I, this makes it sound like I've tired of other shows, which isn't true, but just because of the how many Brief Encounters I've done and how, for how many years it kept coming back. But I've always, always loved it and always will love it. And um, because I've been collecting uh, some of the um, song requests, I would have had Rachmaninoff in there as well, but I believe that that's already been snapped up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's... amazing. And I think so many people have gone through that show and added their humanity to it so we've we've watched all sorts of love affairs and um yeah. all sort of friendship love affairs as well I feel like there's a whole sort of that's where I met James of course of so course, like your own love affair my own yeah and then and then Finley so you know brief encounter babies all over the place it's been an amazing show and it was a really um importantly for me it was like the first show that took me abroad so much like that was in incredible like I had I've been lucky enough to travel a bit before um before joining knee high but like um that was the first show that really took me to like New York and San Francisco and Australia and um and and big long stints on tour and just like some of the most enjoyable like career highlights but also times of my life as well with that show I well touring is a terrible it's a terrible job and an amazing job, isn't it? And I think you're yeah. the, one of the best touring people I know. You always get the most out of... When when some people get quite blue, don't they, being away from home and just sort of count away the hours. I always think there's pictures of you climbing a mountain or <laughs> sleeping in an in outback somewhere or something. You just grasp every opportunity. I mean, it was quite helpful through many of those years that I didn't have a home. <laughs> Just in a tent and help, yeah. or something. <laughs> well, listen, yeah. I'm going to take you... Um, I'm going to talk about another show which actually never toured um, as, as much as the others, which is Don John. Oh, yes. And I've been reminiscing yes. about this a lot, partly because I found the soundtrack and it was so bloody good. I'm really enjoying remembering some of the amazing music from it. But also because it was so ambitious, wasn't it? I mean, we burst... Yes banks of knee-high in almost every direction we had a dance company working on it a massive band an enormous set but i have a memory which is that we sort of broke the stage management team talk to me about that <laughs> yeah that is i'd say that's pretty pretty accurate it was really funny actually i did um, a job interview not that long ago so given that don john was 10 years ago Easy, 11 yeah. years ago um, I did a job interview with someone not that long ago and I said, <laughs> what do you know of me, hi? And, the, and then there was a bit of a, a rant about Don John. <laughs> I thought a decade on, it's still upsetting people. <laughs> the, scale of the, um, the scale of the show, rocking up at these uh, venues. But yeah, it was just huge. I mean, it was four shipping containers, but they weren't actually real shipping containers. They were heavier than <laughs> real shipping containers. <laughs> <laughs> they were bespoke, um, but it was enormous. But it was, <laughs> yeah, double clad. <laughs> and then I remember, oh, this is sort of going off piece a little bit. But um, I remember scrapping that set, uh, and we thought four shipping containers will get loads of money for that. That's like that's going to be a real treat. And I took it to a scrap merchants, or they came and sort of collected it. And um, and I think it. I think we got sixty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I went back to the barns. And I think you and Mike were there. And just oh, should we just buy fish and chips with it or something? I mean, it really came down to sort of absolutely nothing in this like set that had killed everyone. Um, but also really, really enjoyable. But yeah, it was just huge. I mean, it was so ambitious. It was just massive in every way. But it was also one of the most joyous companies ever to work with and there were loads of us do you remember we went to um south carolina and there was like 35 of us or something all just 
wasn't there on a the party beat once is. where everybody dressed up in everybody else's clothes and the police came round? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Ruth Shepherd <laughs> yeah. was sleeping, and then um, and then the police turned up. Yeah, and she had to deal with them on her own <laughs> while, while we were all in, whilst cross-dressing yeah. in different rooms. Yeah, let's um, have a bit of a throwback. This is Thirsty from Don John with Mary Woodvine singing and music. Um, lyrics by Anna Murphy, music by Stu Barker. I am thirsty Won't you quench my thirst I can't drink enough of you You keep me thirsty I am hungry Won't you feed me Feed me on the feast of you I am sleepless I just can't sleep, can't sleep at the thought of you Won't you give me peace, let me sleep I am breathless, you've taken my breath away A cool show. Um, so you we, we met with you being a DSM, and then you came to Nehigh full time, and you also became a company manager, which is kind of doing the broader looking after a company. But you also helped look after all of Nehigh's assets um, with me and Mike. So you were looking after the stores, the sets, but also the barns. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the barns because you and I have spent so many happy hours. Um, sorting out the barns, which is where actually our personalities meet a bit because I love a chuck out, don't I? You like to organize yeah. and I love to declutter. Yeah. Um, and Mike would always be part of that as well. Mike always likes to clear a gutter or <laughs> knock down a shed or chop wood. But the three of us would have probably twice a year would go and do two days where we would blast our beloved barns and and give order to the chaos of decades. I did it again, not a 
huge chuck out, I have to say, but before I left, that was, I couldn't leave knee high without um, completely uh, sort of reorganizing a bond. So I spent, that's what I spent my last week there doing actually. And it was really, really joyous to... Um, Excellent. Has everything been filed in Dewey Decimal everything System? Everything's labelled. <laughs> <laughs> everything's labelled to it in an inch of its life. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I love it. But this will make you laugh because it has it made us laugh so much at the time. But on one famous clear up, we were just working away and we weren't chatting much. Um, but one of the things is just, you know, what it's like when you're clearing your house up. We're trying to find space. And we'd been putting duvets in these big um, bedding in these big metal boxes and I was a I was about my work downstairs sorting out towels or something and I saw Steph and it was a big imagine this box which is sort of way waist height coffin size let's say and it was filled right to the top with bedding and Steph was trying to work out how much space there was in it so pushed her hands down but tipped her weight in and because it was duvets <laughs> there was no substance <laughs> and you fell into the box <laughs> yeah. no words passed between us but I think we laughed for about an hour and I yeah we did I, I really often think about that to a metal coffin <laughs> I really often think about that because it is one of the most I've laughed in my life <laughs> it was the best it was such a perfect bit of Mr Bean comedy so thank you do you know what that. do you know what I group with that as a story that I mean this I suppose it was was me, but it was very much we were there together. But you know, we went to um, Berkeley Rep for the first time with the Wild Bride, and it was the first day we were there. And they, <laughs> Berkeley Rep's amazing, isn't it? And like they were super set up, and um, you know everything was just like done really well. And they had all the tech desks, and everything was like really like like fancy and all wonderful. And we didn't know anyone we'd only just gone in for the first time that day and it was we stopped for a tea break or something and I remember Andy Graham handed me a cup of Starbucks coffee and I took a swig and we were all stood around the tech deck tech desks chatting and Andy handed it to me and I took a swig and I swallowed the uh, the wooden stirring stick (laughs) and there was just this like tiny bit I managed to grab (laughs) And then I pulled it out. We'd never met anyone. And then he started laughing. And then my gag reflex kicked in. And I just sprayed the entire sort of like tech department and all the equipment with coffee out of my insides. That was. I do remember that. Because we both. At the time where I was really lost. So uncool, don't we? So between us, we've got it covered. And we didn't know anyone. And so it just all felt so horrendously awkward. But could it? Yeah, that was another f- funny moment. Let's have another throwback to a bit of our touring. Wild Bride, I thought you'd enjoy this. Liars to fight, to shield, to pick a pear from a tree. 
One for you. One for me. My hands are back. My hands are back. Wild Bride with Audrey Brisson on vocals. I chose that one because it's the very end of the show, Wild Bride, which was uh, an epic tale of a young woman who had her hands chopped off uh, because of the devil. It's all very metaphorical. And this is the moment in the show when her hands start growing back. And I suppose, not that I think your hands have been chopped off in any way, but knowing you for such a long time, I've really enjoyed watching your life go from being this touring person to um, finding James and having this relationship and having a baby and watching your life really open up without without anything diminishing. You know, you're still the most amazing professional and company member and friend, but also feeling your life opening out. So I thought that was a little gift. I feel like watching things unfurling is really, really beautiful. And um, I just that just reminded me of something else that's really do you remember on um just thinking about the hands on the red shoes and we were at Oxford Playhouse and you had said to me, um, her dresses are getting a bit faded. Do you mind dyeing them back to black? <laughs> and I read the instructions and I was like, it said wear gloves. And I was like, oh, I'm literally going to swirl it for 10 seconds. It'll be fine. And then for a week, it looked like I was wearing black gloves. All the time. <laughs> it was completely opaque, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Right. Tell me about your next song choice and why. There's another neat link going on here. There is. So this is um this is my final one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And this is because uh well it sort of neatly ties back in a loop back to Prince, which I really associate with the beginning of my knee-high adventure. And then obviously my song choice is uh, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, but it was written by Prince, so that sort of all neatly ties back, which is very pleasing to someone like me. And then also, this was playing as the very final playout song on my last show that I did in January this year with Nehi. So it was a real sort of moment for me, and it seemed really um, nice that that's what it was. And uh, I got a bit weepy, but in a really nice, it was like an absolutely sort of magnificent 13 years of my life. And um, uh, and that, so this was sort of like the end of it, the end of the shows, you know? And I sat in the auditorium and just sort of had a little weep to the song, but in a nice way, nothing but good vibes and happiness. It's been seven hours and 15 days you took your love away I go out every night and sleep all day since you took your love since you've been gone I can do Eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant But nothing, I said nothing can take away this blues Cause 
beautiful choice so you're talking about leaving knee high which you did only a few weeks ago um and you've come to wise children which i feel absolutely amazing about and a little bit guilty about but i didn't poach you not only have we worked together for so long and i i really wanted you in this next chapter but also it's a time in your life when touring isn't really an option anymore it's time for you to be home with Finley a little bit so when the role of general manager came up at Wise Children and you applied I could not have been happier and then I had a terrible fear that um, what if you weren't the best candidate what if somebody else came in who was better what would I do but thankfully that didn't happen and you (laughs) smashed it and you've come and joined the Wise Children family which is just an extension of the knee-high family so nothing ends no exactly and it all feels it all feels so good it all feels so right and um it was absolutely the time for you know we sort of dragged him around uh, for three years but you know he can articulate now that he's like i want to be at home and you know that's fair enough um he's had a lovely time i don't think we've ever put him through any touring that that um hasn't been a nice experience for him but you know he's getting older and he goes to nursery now and he'll start school next year and yeah it's just the right time to 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 have a bit more of a structured life I suppose so it was all the right time and then obviously like you know nothing makes me happier than working for you Emma Rice so (laughs) that as well and yeah it all just felt so right and um but being a general manager is just going to expand your ability for organisation and <laughs> neatness into yes. the whole of Wise Children and I could yeah. not be happier. As It's going to be like a massive wall chart of my life saying... Yeah, you say you that, doing. you're walking to the office and it'll just be everything, like absolutely every object will be labelled and you'll, you'll <laughs> have a it. slight curse it. of me under your breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's what I need in my life. So I'm going to go for my last choice, which is because, which is all about the friendship, really, because we've enjoyed some magnificent parties over the year, years, and um, you're a great person to party with. All the first nights, all the last nights, all the middle of tour parties when everybody's feeling low. And you and I, we're often su- um, surrounded. I mean, you, you're now... Um, with one, James, we're surrounded by quite high quality musicians who've got very fancy taste in music. You and I enjoy a good party record, don't we? <laughs> I tell you what, I struggle with that a little bit with my song choices with this because I could go seriously lowbrow with um, songs that I really, you know, make me happy and really enjoy a boogie too. Absolutely, so, um, me too. Cheesy. Can I, on that, when... Um, we were making Ubu with Nehi and there was sort of a bit of a shout out for people to submit song suggestions for Ubu, you know, like big anthems and stuff. And initially I was a bit embarrassed about mine and it was actually a competition and you want to print if your song got in the show. And uh, I think I was one of only two people that songs got into the show and I decided not to be embarrassed and just to own it. But then it got in and that was Britney Spears' Toxic, <gasps> you see. Classic, classic which, choice. Um, which, you know, 
doesn't there's nothing cool about it is there but it is one it's of those so like, enjoyable songs a dirty pleasure makes me yeah a dirty pleasure yeah there's plenty of those movie, which you know what i'm gonna say which is we were out in Truro one night and decided oh, that we'd get <laughs> kebabs which we did and i think it must have been a sunday because there were no off licenses so we broke into the knee-high offices where there's always wine for board meetings or something but there wasn't and we found a bottle of wine which had gaffer tape over the top of it <laughs> and we drank it that night with our kebabs and when we on the floor do you remember floor, we just sat on yeah. the floor it was fantastic and then we found out the next day that that bottle of wine had been open with gaffer tape over the neck for about a year it was just vinegar <laughs> but we had a great night we did Steph Curtis, can I take this moment to say thank you for your joyful organisation, your professionalism, <laughs> your positivity, your care, your fun and your amazing friendship. You've been by my side for over a decade and I'm so thrilled to have watched you grow, you've watched me grow and that we're still walking alongside each other. This is for us because we'll always be young at heart. Give me a second, I, I need to get my story straight. My friends are in the bathroom getting higher than the Empire State. My lover, she is waiting for me just across the bar. My seat's been taken by some sunglasses, asking about a scar. And I know I gave it to you months ago. I know you're trying to forget. But between the drinks and subtle things, the holes in my apologies, you know, I'm trying hard to take it back. So if by the time the bar closes and you feel like falling down, I'll carry you home tonight. Set the 
the bar closes and you feel like falling down, I'll carry you home tonight. If you have a memory or connection you'd like to share on Tea and Biscuits, leave us a message on our phone line 0117 318 3846. That's 0117 318 3846. Keep checking our social media for details of our next show. Tea and Biscuits is part of Wise Children's Lockdown. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye.